With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus football social daily Hello and welcome to the Football Social Daily, your only daily Premier League podcast bringing you all the latest talking points from the 20 Premier League sides. And you can also keep up to date with the latest on your team with our daily Premier League news bulletins. Simply ask your Alexa device to enable Sports Social. Now, Tuesday morning, right in the middle of the week, it seems like the Premier League has been a long time past and a long time coming. However, here on the Football Social Daily, we're going to keep you abreast of all things moving around in the Premier League. We're not going to make you wait until the weekend because it seems very, very... Very, very, very far away at this stage. But luckily for us, or unluckily for us, which is something I'm going to be asking the guys in the studio about, we've got the EFL Cup games in midweek with a healthy dose of Premier League influence in them. We're also going to be talking about Joel Matip and his injury and what that means for Liverpool's title challenge. And after the break, we're going to be having a real old chinwag and possibly a bit of a row about who's better, Manchester United's treble win inside of 1999 or the current Manchester City team. And to get through all of that, and probably a few more bits, depending on how long we're here for, and to get through all of that today, I'm joined in the studio by Marley Anderson. Hello, Marley. Hello, how are we doing? And also by Adam Brown. How are you, Adam? I'm good, mate. Are you? Very, very well. And I'm Fergal Brennan. Let's get straight into this. Now, as I say, EFL Cup action in midweek. Most Premier League fans have got quite mixed feelings about the EFL Cup in terms of how, how interested they are. So I'm just going to ask you outright. Marley, I'm going to go with you first. Mm-hmm. Do you give a shit about the EFL Cup? Uh, no, because we never win it. <laughs> uh, Short and sweet. As a Newcastle fan, I'm not used to going far in cups, um, so it's it's one of them where it's just like, what round are we going to go at? What round are we going to put out a reserve team and get turned over by someone who's not as good as us? Like this year, it, like Leicester put us out on penalties this year, which is a little bit painful because if you beat them on penalties, you've eliminated a genuine like someone who could go and win that competition. And also, I think if any, if you're going to win a cup. The Carabao Cup's the easier one to win than the FA Cup because everyone's up for the FA Cup when it gets into the swing of things. And the Carabao, you sort of get it all out of the way in the first half of the season and then you, you play the final in February if, you, if yeah. you get that far. But, you know, as a Newcastle fan, I'm used to winning absolutely nothing. So 
except that classic Intertoto Cup in 2005 or whatever. <laughs> well, you know, but listen, it's still in the it's still in the cabinet, come on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a flipping certificate or something like that. <laughs> honestly, won a, won a killer pool com- competition in Mallorca and it's a better, better trophy than what we've got, honestly. Um, but yeah, it's... I don't know. If you're in if you're in the the final stages of it, you know, you you start taking it seriously, don't you? And City win it every year anyway, so. But this is what I mean. Obviously the the perception is that Premier League sides, you know, are not interested at all. They'll put the kids out. Maybe, you know, they'll get to the final and then they'll throw in a few first team players. But the record here and I've been I've been doing some research this morning. The last time a non-top flight Premier League or first division side won the League Cup and it's, it's many, many manifestations. You know, we've had the, the Kellogg's Cornflakes Cup, we've had the Coca-Cola Club and, it's been called everything, and everything else everything else in, in, in between. I can't wait for it to be the Football Social Daily Cup. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. When, <laughs> when we, we've got that in 2024. When, so. we, when we hit the big time, we'll speak to Jim about that next week. Um, but the big sides do, as, as Marley said, and City have got a really good recent record on it. Just when it really counts, they do seem to wrestle it away. Do you think there's a, there's a sense for City where, because, you know, with all due respect to City fans, success is still relatively new to them in the, in the grand scheme of things, that they are still very much of the view of a trophy is a trophy? Definitely. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of truth in what Marley said in the sense that people do play, you know, the weakened sides and then when you get into the final stages, you get to the semi-final and you think, hang on, maybe we can actually win this. I think most of the time it's a bit of a shake-up from the, yep. the top six or whatever and if you find yourself in the in the final four and you think to yourself, oh, we actually make a you know, goal of this because it, it is a trophy and yep. it is a measure of, you know, it's people are judged on trophies, aren't they, but ultimately. You know what I mean? You think to yourself, if a manager can add that silverware to the cabinet, if you're a, t- a team that's in the sort of mid-table or the lower sort of reach of the Premier League, I'd be making a big big play for it, me, I would. I mean, day out, go to Wembley, all the fans are loving it. It's an honour, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't see why some of the teams don't take it a little bit more seriously, but I understand why they can't, because it puts an extra strain on your squad. If you've not got a big squad, we, we're lucky that we've got, apart from defence, uh, we've got quite a big squad as, you know, with City, and we, we've got players that need the games so we, no matter even a week inside for us is still going to be capable of beating most teams <laughs> just the way it is so you, can say, you want to see a... the smile on his face yeah, as he's you, saying that you know what I mean and it's, <laughs> yeah. that's just the way it is unfortunately and I think ultimately that's why the, 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 the clubs that have got the, the more strength in depth are going to get to the later stages alongside the teams that do take it seriously but even so there's not really many Premier League clubs that take it that seriously I don't think really no not, not really because it's it's kind of like um, the, the disadvantage of what I said before of like the advantage is it's all out of the way kind of quickly, but the disadvantage to that is nobody really knows where they are as a team in terms of who's got a free hit at it. Because yeah. no one is marooned in 10th to 14th at the minute because, you know, there's five points separating 17th yeah. from 8th or something like that. Mm. So everyone's like, I don't know quite where we are. For example, Everton, are a team that could go far in this competition, but they're struggling in the league. So they're kind of using it as a motivation <clears> builder to try and get into a groove of, of playing well and rather than you know, we need to win this game because we think we can win the cup. They're just trying to kind of either get it out of the way and focus on the weekend or use it as a bit of a momentum builder. But you see a team like Everton, you think that would be <coughs> ideal if they could get, if you know, if Marco Silva could deliver that. Yeah, cup, it'd be huge. Yeah. And you think to yourself, well, sure. I mean, <coughs> it, it's some silverware. I've been crying out for it. A club like Everton, would it, what happens then to him? Because obviously these kind of question marks over him. Is he going to go? Is it? Does that mean if he wins a trophy, they're going to have they're going to keep him? But you think he's going to certainly sway some of the doubters you'd have thought wouldn't you go hang on it's the first trophy we've won in how many years I think it's an opportunity for, for some of those mid-table clubs to really kick on and 
and, and do something. And it would also potentially make the easiest and most handy headline ever, silver, where, you know, exactly. you know the, the, yeah. the, people have got that saved in drafts already, Twitter, uh, newspaper editors, you know, it's the best one since VAR-D, which is ironic because I don't really think Vardy's had that many, you know, <laughs> rough calls against VAR so far this season. So, you know, all over the country, newspaper editors are just banging the wall, punching interns, you know, wrestling air, work experience kids. But... Yeah. In terms of the comp- by the time that Vardy uh, <laughs> headline comes around, there'll be enough newspapers left. All <laughs> work experience. They'll be the editor, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, as I say, there is there is a fair bit of Premier League interest uh, in the fourth round stage, and I think there's one thing that we can all agree on is that when you're a fan of a Premier League side, you really, really want another Premier League side to get absolutely turned over by somebody. And there's there's, there's quite a few potentials for that in, in the fourth round stage. So I'm just going to run through some of the games that are happening tonight and tomorrow involving the Premier League sides. Leicester City away at Burton Albion. I'm just going to give it to you dead quick. Do we see any potential of an upset there? Burton did relatively well last season. You know, they, they pushed Manchester City. Can you see them getting anything at home to Leicester? Leicester are flying, aren't they? Leicester, yeah. Leicester are they're, they're, they're playing too well, full of confidence. And again, I actually think they've got a really strong squad. I think it's quite, if you look at their bench, there's quite a few players that I can see coming in and doing a job tonight. And yeah. I just can't see it. I know, even though Burton have got a decent record in that, yep. in that tournament, I just can't see anything other than Leicester winning. Yeah, same. So on, on the cock up scale, if 10 is major cock up and, and 1 is routine win, where are we going? Two. Uh, oh, sorry, I was thinking from a Burton perspective. Yeah, two, three, maybe. Yeah. Two, three. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, Everton Watford, obviously, we've just touched on them, and we spoke about it yesterday quite a bit. So we'll just we'll just breeze through this. Marco Silva. This is the Marco Silva derby. Everton against yeah. Watford. Marco um, Cars derby. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it doesn't. I, I, you know, I'd hate to be Marco Silva at the best of times, but definitely tonight. Where do we see this going? This is this is one of the few all Premier League ties. Obviously, there's pressure under on Silva at the moment. Do we do we see potentially Watford getting a result at Goodison Park? I think it's hard to call. Really hard to call. I can say, if I uh, I'd probably go for Everton just winning. I'd yeah. say maybe a two-one something like that. Yeah, I think if if anyone's going to win it, I think it'd probably be Everton. Just because like they played well against West Ham, they played they didn't play great against Brighton, um, but they still managed to score two goals. Um, and I can't remember the last time I've seen Watford play well. I don't think they've played well this season at all. Yeah. So. If anyone's going to win, Everton. But now I've said that, Watford will probably win. <laughs> I think I'd agree with that. I mean, the, the Sheffield United result was a bit of a blip. Like they, they generally are very, very strong at home and, and almost seem to kind of just have enough to, to get over the line. And, you know, he Silver's in, Silver's in a position where he knows he's under pressure. Mm. Watford can afford to lose this game because Watford fans know that Kike Sanchez-Flores is just trying to dig them, dig them out of the, out of the relegation zone. So I think Silver has to win this in order to kind of Prolong his prolong his his job really. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't think fans will see it as like, oh, it's only the league cup. I think they'll just see it as the pressure's on. Don't matter what game it is, if it's a Premier League or a cup game, yeah. it's like you can't afford, it can't be going. Oh well, we'll get back on track in the Premier League. Don't worry about it. It's not. I think they're just going to judge him no matter what, and a loss will be bad for him. Yeah. The other uh, all Premier League uh, EFL Cup clash tonight is Manchester City against Southampton. Now, because of Southampton's situation, that I'm going to be a Premier League. I'm going to I'm going to use the cock up scale again on this one. Um, Adam, do, do you give do you give Southampton a prayer? I mean, obviously the nine nil thing is going to be talked and talked and talked about before the game, and obviously Southampton go to City again in the league at the weekend. Can you see this being? Anything other than absolutely comfortable for City? It's the worst possible team to play off the back of a 9-0 in it for Southampton. But you'd think to yourself, if they've got anything about them, the players, and you're going to rally, City will win, but they've got to just basically try and damage limitation, I think, and show some desire and passion to bounce back. If it's a 2-0, 3-0, it's better than getting beat 9-0. But I think they need to. I think the fans will demand a little bit from them again. 
regardless of the fact that it's League Cup, I think they'll just say, well, actually, what's the response like after that? It was yeah. a disgrace, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Well, Rav Hasnuddle's come out. He's apologised. The captain, Pierre Hoiberg's apologised. They've, they've done this uh, gesture of donating a, a day's wages to a, to a local charity. Yeah. But Hasnuddle's taken an, an interesting approach where he's praised the professionalism of the players. They've come in after that loss. Would you follow on with that being the right approach? Do you think... Yeah. That was the way to go after such a performance. Yeah, well, there's only one way you can go. You, you've, you're still a professional footballer. You still got other games to go, so you just got to dig in and almost like not write it off, like, but use it as, as uh, motivation. Like that can never happen again. Um, and to be honest, you know the worst place you could possibly, the worst fixture you could ask for is City away after you've been whacked nine nil. And then to make it even worse, they've got them again away on Saturday, so they have to come to the Etihad twice yeah. in. Four four days and potentially get absolutely torn apart and you know we could be talking you you would go with an aggregate score across the two games of double figures oh yeah I think that's quite reasonable maybe the thing is you know the the way that the the Southampton managers handled it you you think you know some people might think it's a bit of a strange approach and you think why is he not going old school and going all in and coming out in the media and you know completely slating him he thinks he's well regardless he's stuck with those players now until the transfer window so they have got other games to play before then. What do you do? Do you kind of go all in and and completely berate the players in the media and you know make it? Or do you try and you know proverbially yeah. put your arm around them and go look? Hang Still on a minute. Yeah, it's a difficult. Yeah, because the fans demand and because it's nine nil. Yeah. Like this isn't. Oh lads, we got beat four nil, five nil. We we weren't at the races. Mm. Southampton might as well have not been there yeah. in that game. That that was how bad their performance was. Yeah. But I know as a football fan that if that was uh, City on the end of uh, you know getting beat nine nil, you'd want to see the manager you, just the, the the sort of the, the visceral response would be I want him to go mad at him I want him to tell him off I want him to you know I need him to understand how, how important this is but it doesn't really work all the time that does it to just start screaming and shouting at the players I'm sure there was an element of that but also for him to publicly back him and say look they have been professional they understand the severity of it it ain't going to happen again yeah. but for him to actually try and instill a bit of belief in those players because they're going to be feeling rock bottom as well do you know yeah. I'm not trying to make excuses for them but do you know what I mean After they don't, no one wants to lose a game 9-0 and Leicester were flying let's be honest yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're playing very well yeah. but now, there shouldn't be nine goals difference between two Premier League sides but I'm hoping for Southampton's sake that you know, I, I do want to see him bounce back a little bit. I, I do because I, 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 I felt like they are better than getting beat nine nil. They've not been great this season, but I do. I felt like that they, 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 they got more to give than getting beat nine nil. Yeah, and I think that that's the thing that's kind of hit most Southampton fans and, and anyone that watched the game. That you know, as you say, there shouldn't be a nine goal no. nine goal difference. But you know, ardent Southampton fan Adam Brown's convinced me that they're going to nick a, <laughs> they're going to nick a one nil. You heard oh, it here first. Oh, they're no. going to nick a win. I'm just covering in case we don't score as many. <laughs> they're going to nick. They're going to nick an EFL Cup win. It's going to be the start of the great turnaround for Southampton Football Club. The, the bad thing as well about about this whole thing is. When Guardiola proved it last season when um, City played Burton and beat them 9-0, which is an ironic score, now we're going into this game tonight. Um, he When when City get two or three, they will not take the foot off the gas. Yeah, I know. Because Pep has said in post-match press conferences and uh, you know the media over and over again that the most the disrespectful thing you can do to an opponent is to take pity on them. Mm. And so if <laughs> Southampton do find themselves two or three down after 20, 25 minutes, half an hour, whatever it is, they're going to get absolutely battered <laughs> again. But I don't know, hopefully, you do, you almost don't want to see it again. Um, although Niall, who's on holiday at the minute, he'll, oh, he'll, yeah. be, he'll <laughs> be absolutely <laughs> buzzing, yeah, yeah. won't he? <laughs> but, you know, 
Obviously, as I say, there is plenty of Premier League interest in the FL Cup this week. Tomorrow, there's three all-Premier League ties. Chelsea host Manchester United. Aston Villa play host the local rivals Wolves. And Liverpool welcome Arsenal to Anfield. Now, we're going to touch on them in tomorrow's Football Social Daily podcast. But there's a big story coming out of Anfield this morning, which will be of real concern to Liverpool fans. And that's an injury to centre-back Joel Matip. Now, he missed the win over Tottenham at the weekend with an injury. There was lots of talk that it was a precaution. Jürgen Klopp has confirmed this morning that he's out for at least six weeks. But realistically, that could move on to eight, that could move on to ten weeks. Now, Matip is, is an example of a player that really slips under the radar. There's so much attention on Virgil van Dijk that Joel Matip just slots in there, quietly gets on with his job. But he's consistently been the type of player that you speak to any Liverpool fan, they love him and they love what he's done for the team. How much of a potential damage could this do to them when we're talking about these thin margins in the title race? What could no Matip do for, for Liverpool? Um, to be fair, I, I agree with what you say because I've seen a few people on, on social media and things like that say that Matip's actually arguably been better than Van Dijk this season. And like you don't really notice it because you don't, like you say, everyone sort of looks at Van Dijk and like looks at this Rolls-Royce centre-back you know, sprinting around the pitch, keeping up with everyone and barging everyone off the ball and whatever. But he's been arguably the better centre-back this year. Um, and the biggest thing for me is that this year he's dislodged Joe Gomez from the team and Joe Gomez was amazing last year. Joe Gomez had a, a slight slip in form. Um, Matip got the chance and he's never looked back from then. So if, it'll only this, this injury will only affect Liverpool if Joe Gomez's poor form continues because we all know Lovren's got a mistake in him and he's not as good as he thinks he is. Um, but then you've got Van Dijk and, and Gomez who have to pick up that partnership that was great at the start of last season um, and they need to carry on. And I think when you look at the games, that he's, I'm just going through the list of games here that he's potentially going to miss. Aston Villa away, Genk at home, Man City at home, Palace away, Napoli at home and, and the Merseyside derby. Obviously, as you mentioned, with Lovren, you, games then. some mm. huge stuff and, and particularly in those situations, particularly the Merseyside derby and Manchester City going to Anfield. You need calm heads. You don't need Lovren climbing all over Aguero or, or potentially Joe Gomez maybe showing a little bit of inexperience. So Klopp will be concerned about this. Now, City have had their own defensive issues so far this season with, with injuries to Stones, injuries to Eimerick Laporte, and they've had to shuffle things around, bring Fernandinho or Rodri into centre-back. Are Liverpool now experiencing what City experienced a month ago, which was a defender's got injured, no big panic, but really within Liverpool and within the Liverpool fan base, they'll be worried. Yeah, I, and I do think that um, the thing for me with Liverpool is they've never had the strength in depth that City have had. And I think definitely with this defensive... I mean, Joel Gomez thing is, is, is quite intriguing for me because obviously in the Spurs game, Lovren played and Gomez came on in the, I don't know, right at the end of the game. And is it just down to his form or... Because, like I say, he was, I know he got injured and stuff, but yeah. he was flying last season. He was, he was, he was, you know, it seemed like him and Van Dijk was the, the partnership. And everyone's saying Matic might be on his way out or certainly, you know, as backup. And Matip's come back in and done amazing. And I think that's been the strength that Liverpool have had over any other team that they've had a proper settled back four. And that back four has just been, you know, first names on the team sheet, so to speak, straight away, bang, you know, you know where you're gonna build from the back and you've got this settled back four that know each other inside out and they know that you know where you know who's gonna cover where they're all gonna be. And I think when you disrupt that it does change your entire team. And I do think there's gonna be a I hope there's gonna be a few issues. No, I do think there's gonna be some issues there. And whether or not they go they're going to go with Lovren or they're going to put Gomez in. It's a big decision. Lovren was talked about they're going to sell him in yeah. the summer. So if, for him yeah, to be favoured... A few things fell through, I think. Yeah, yeah, so for him to be favoured over Gomez, whether or not it's a fitness thing or there's other issues going on that we don't know about, 
it's intriguing for me that to think that Lovren's going to be their guy because I do think he's a he's potentially a, a massive weak link for Liverpool in those big games. And as I say, particularly we look at City, and we look at Everton. If you're Jurgen Klopp, the players that whoever is going to be picked is going to be playing against. Who would you go for? Would you steer for Gomez or would you steer for Lovren? I think Lovren's more experienced. I'd go for Gomez, me. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I put. I think I'd just just about go for Gomez. I think Lovren's more experienced, but you've got to get Gomez experience at some point if he's going to be the natural successor to when you know if he's a long term plan alongside Van Dijk. Then yeah. You've got to get him in, surely. Yeah. I think in those situations, Van Dijk is the boss at the back. Like you can see the way that he organises and he talks to to Alexander Arnold and Robertson on the other side. I think his issue with Lovren and he's there's been a slight hint of this in, in certain interviews that he's done. Lovren doesn't listen. Matip yeah. seems the type of character that, he, you know, he is experienced, but he knows his role. He's the, the secondary centre-back. And naturally, with Gomez being a younger centre-back, he's going to listen to Van Dijk. Yeah. I think with someone like Lovren, it's like throwing a grenade in there because he won't listen. He, you know, he is a, he is as experienced as Van Dijk at, at club level. Obviously, he's not nearly on the same planet as him as a defender. Yeah. But that could be a bit of an issue in terms of those those big games. If, if Van Dijk's saying against City, no, I'll pick up Aguero, you take the space or, or vice versa. And, and he doesn't listen because... You see with him, and when we saw this in the, in the Spurs game at the weekend, he was itching to have a go at Kane. He was itching to have a, And Kane knew himself, I'm just going to drop off Van Dijk yeah. and try and force an error out of Lovren. And Aguero's clever enough to do that. And even Everton with, with Richarlison up top, they'll look to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You don't realise how, you know, how much the chemistry matters as well when it comes to defence. Like people talk about, you know, strike partners and you know, um, you know, wingers linking up and you know, on the on the you know, uh, fullbacks and wingers. But the, the the chemistry along the across the back four, if you're playing a back four, is so important. Like, and if you're used to doing something over and over again, it's drilled into you, and you know where you know. Some, you, know you talk about the great defensive partnerships in the Premier League, and they know where the other one's going to be straight away. Yeah. And you think, all right, if I'm moving forward, he's going to drop back without even having to say or whatever. But with Lovren, you always get the sense that you're never really sure if he knows what he's where he's meant to be or what he's meant to be doing and that's if he's playing regularly but if he's just coming into a, a well-drilled back four mm-hmm. I just think if I was a Liverpool fan I'd be slightly concerned about what's going to happen and also it highlights how important Matip is for him Yeah, no I would agree uh, to be honest I think we've probably given Liverpool fans a few a few extra worries there they're already concerned <laughs> about Joel Matip uh, being out for the next six to ten weeks we've just nailed that, that hammer, <laughs> hammered that nail in sorry uh, to, to, their, uh, to their insecurities for the next few weeks we're going to call it there for a moment. We're going to take a quick break. And after the break, we're going to be discussing Ryan Giggs's comments where he's lit a fire under Manchester City fans by claiming that his treble winning 1999 team would 100%, 100% win the league over Manchester City. Sports Social. Sports Social. Hello and welcome back to the Football Social Daily, your only daily Premier League podcast where we run the rule over all 20 teams in the Premier League and keep you up to date with the latest talking points in the English top flight. Now, we've discussed the EFL Cup, we've discussed some issues with with Liverpool and injuries and and how that might derail their Premier League title challenge, but we're going to move backwards now and also kind of forwards at the same time. Ryan Giggs, remember him, yeah? He's uh, come out on, uh, come out this morning with some very, very interesting comments about Manchester City. Now, he has claimed that his treble winning, you know, we all remember the final, last minute goal. I don't know whatever happened to the fellow who scored the winner. Maybe, maybe <laughs> people can tweet in and tell us <laughs> at the Sports Social if anybody remembers. He has said that they would 100% win the league over the current Manchester City side under Pep Guardiola. Now, I cannot wait to get Marley and Adam's views on this. I'm going to let Adam get warmed up because I can see him already. I'm going to throw this over to Marley first. <laughs> Straight off the top, would you agree with Giggs? Does Giggs have a point in terms of what he says? Um, 
I, I don't agree with him, if if I'm honest. Um, I was think I've been thinking about it a while because my initial reaction was I think this city team would win, um, and after debating it and sort of thinking what kind of point does he have, I still think I still think the same. I think I always think that you know when we try and compare things from two eras, when the more recent era is nine times out of ten, or in my opinion, ten times out of ten, always better than the older era. So for example, Pele was a great goal scorer. Maradona was a better footballer. You ever seen? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. He, he turned around in the seventies. Much football in the seventies was much much better than it was in the fifties when Pele was smashing hat tricks against you know farmers in Brazil or whatever. He, whatever he's <laughs> counting his goals for five aside games in Brazil. Whatever he was. He's selling them Viagra about. now. That's his. That's his new thing. Exactly. That's his. That's his new trick. And then and then so like Maradona was the best player in the world in the seventies in the in the early to mid eighties or whatever it was. And then Cristiano and Messi come round. Now and I think that they're better because football now is better than it was then. So I think this applies to this as well, because in the nineties, football was obviously a great standard, and what and that Bayern team were amazing, and so were the United team, and they won everything there was to win. But they won the league with seventy nine points, I think it was, and Man City won the league last year with ninety eight points, and even Liverpool came second with ninety seven. And that's just unheard of. The the style of football is totally different. If you look at how United played, it was all on the counter-attack and that kind of gels up well with City's sort of possession-based stuff. So maybe it would be intriguing to see if they could like pick them off if they won the wall, if they won the wall back. But I just can't see... I just couldn't see it happening. I, I just think City would be too good. I, think I, the, I was just going to say, Adam, putting aside your, yeah. your your undying love for Manchester United, yeah. would, you, would you follow along with that? Um, the thing is, right, it, it's a difficult one because I, I totally know what Marley's saying in the sense of when you always when people compare different eras, like the way we have things now, you go, well, actually, players are faster, yeah, the the you know the, the quicker, the you know better fitness, stronger, you know yeah. all that sort of stuff. But so we're going, are we are we talking about right now, or we're we going, would the City team of now be able to win? Back in 99. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do, I do. Because you're thinking to yourself, well, actually, you could put a tackle <clears> in probably in 99. So you've got Roy Keane, could break up the play a little bit more. So City won't be able to play as well. But do you, do you not think I mean? there's an but argument now, that Keane wouldn't get near them? The likes of Silva, De Bruyne, that he, you know, we look yeah. at someone like Kevin De Bruyne, he's got the physicality to match Roy Keane. You, you know, he's no slouch in, you in the tackle. think about it tactically, like Man United play 4 4 2. 4 4 2, as we've seen in the last few years, doesn't work in the Premier League anymore. Nobody plays it. No, Maybe yeah. Burnley play it. And you know Burnley aren't exactly pulling up any trees, are they? So it's just like you, you, all of a sudden you've got De Bruyne, Rodri, and David Silva versus Scholes and Keane, and, and only one of them can tackle. Yeah. So you know they have to have the ball to then you know be like penetrate City, and all of a sudden they've got three guys marking two guys. So if you think about it tactically, even that doesn't really go in Man United's favour, really. It's it's a tif- it's a difficult one. I kind of. <laughs> I'm not saying Giggs is wrong. That's the thing, and as a City fan, I, I I think it'd be quite hard to call because there's something about that team, that United team in '99, where there was something extra. As well as them all mm-hmm. being great players, they had the mentality, they had this togetherness. Basically, what United haven't it was got just now, grit, wasn't it? Yeah, do you know what I mean? And you, I wouldn't grit. rule out that team I against would, anyone. Against anyone, because I feel like they've got a goal in them at any point. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. make one. They could counter attack you. They could ninety fifth minute. They're gonna. They're never gonna stop. Whereas I just think, I think skill skill wise and in terms of talent, I think the the current city team is is easily better. You like you know, player for player, you look at it, and I think the current city team 
all right, maybe you know, maybe in a couple of positions he's probably some better players than the ninety nine team United. But I just think there's something about that mentality that they had in that ninety nine team that I don't think I've seen really in, in a long time. Well, that's what I wanted to pick up on. When we look at compa- comparing these teams, and inevitably we look at the two 11s. Now, yep. I'm looking at the numbers here. Just just a quick reminder for anybody that doesn't know or remember or is lucky enough not to be uh, old enough to have remembered that final in 1999. <laughs> Manchester United, in terms of appearances, their main starting eleven was Peter Schmeichel, Gary Neville, uh, Ronnie Johnson, Yapstam, Dennis Irwin, David Beckham, Paul Scholes, Roy Keane, Ryan Giggs, Andy Cole and Dwight York. Now, with that in mind, I think the City team at the moment is pretty fresh in our minds. I don't need to run through that for you. Marley, mm. we'll go with you for United. If you could take one player from that City team mm. and put it into that United team, based on that 11, based on where you think there's the potential for strengthening, who would it be? Um, probably Laporte at centre-back, to be honest. If over who? Over Janssen. Because... Like as good as like that midfield was the best of the generation. No yep. one can yeah. no like so for example, now I'd probably put De Bruyne in it, but would I put a De Bruyne in a two with, with Paul Scholes or Roy Keane? Possibly not. So in a back four, they you know, that's the only that's the only part of the team where it's man for man. It's four at the back versus four at the back. So you're saying like I'd probably say, you know, Dennis Owen was a great left back and City haven't got a regular left back, uh, right back, Walker. Was he as good as prime Gary Neville? Probably not. Stam was better than pretty much, or as good as Laporte. So if you pair them as a centre back, yeah. they're even right footed and left footed. Yeah. So they're absolutely perfect together. You and, see, the thing is as well is that the that United team is as the perfect balance. So the players complement each other really, really well as well. The, the midfield pair, Keane and Scholes, you had someone you know one who could do one thing, one who could do the other. You know, Neville and Beckham have played together since being eleven years old or whatever. You know, so you had that they they, they knew each yeah. other so well. Again, you know, Irwin Giggs, they had as a you know as a as a whole, it felt like it was just right. It yeah, just it, set, the balance just set was perfect. Right. But I agree with Mali. I'd probably say Ronnie Onsen was arguably well. You say he's a weakling, but he actually had a, a really he was excellent. He was, he was the Joel Massive of that. He was, he was very team, much yeah. the Joel of that, of that team. Um, you could argue maybe putting Aguero in instead of Dwight York. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know I don't think you need to be wincing about that I mean you know you look at Aguero's record I think it's way more consistent yeah. than Dwight York over, then, over the course of his career is, is Andy Cole and Aguero going to get on? You don't know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You think to yourself but then again wasn't it Andy Cole and Sheringham apparently never, yeah, Cole never and, got on Cole so, and so, hated, so if you flip it the other way around that's who you, you think you'd go for that if you were to take one City player and put uh, sorry if you were to take one United player yeah. and put it in the City team who would you go for? Uh, oh. That's probably a little bit more difficult. It is difficult. Um, right now, I'll take you up, Stam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right now, I'll have him now. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know, it's a difficult one. See, uh, Schmeichel is a better keeper, but for the City style of play, I'd prefer to have Edison. I know you can only have one, come on. Yeah, I know it sounds crazy, but do you know what I mean? He's a <laughs> yeah, better... Exactly, but like, yeah, we're talking about exactly systems here rather yeah, than yeah. The individuals. So someone I think would work in the current City team... Um, oh, I don't... Oh. Would you not have Keane over Rodri? That'd be, I, that yeah, was going to be my suggestion. The, I, the, I keep thinking it's too much of a, you know, I keep thinking of calls on rest in the, in the, in the dressing room. I keep thinking of it too much. I think, I think Guardiola would love him. I think, I think we're talking about playing Keane, not, not you oh, know, slouched in, the, slouched in the chair, you know, calling, calling Danny Rose all sorts. Dumb dumb. Play, play, playing peak Keane, 1999 Keane, shaved head Keane. No? Yeah, yeah skulls though. Think of a loose player. cannon. What a player skulls. Where's he fit in? Does he go over De Bruyne or Silver or, you know, it's a... It's a tough one. Um, uh, Keen, I have to. Okay, uh, yeah. Stam, yep, Stam. 
Yeah, stamp. you're nailing yeah. your colours. You're nailing yeah. colours to the mask. Going for yap stamp. Yeah. Yap stamp. Okay, interesting, interesting, interesting stuff. I I go for gigs. Really? Yeah, because if, I just think if you put a prime gigs in city system now, I think he's the most natural fit. As in, he's a natural left foot. I know Sane. Like, I'm going off the fact that Sane is injured at the minute as yeah, well, yeah. so he probably would give more balance that front three as well. But it's a pick and one in it. You know, it's it's take money, pay it's money, a take, one. take your choice. Kind what of thing, are you? So. What are you saying? I'm I'm sticking with Keane from from that way round of, of a 99 player in the current City team. I, I tell you what you mean about Keane potentially being a bit of a, a wrecking ball, but I just think that drive that he gave them. You know, City's main objective at the moment is winning the Champions League. Yeah. Roy Keane dragged United to the Champions League final, knowing that he was suspended for that for that final game. And you know, you, you look at the way he used to drag United. And we're not talking about a poor United team. We're talking about a, a magnificent yeah. United team, but. Roy Keane says it himself, his teammates say it, Alex Ferguson used to say it, that the famous quote from Ferguson that you know they'd win everything, they'd win the boat race, they'd win yeah. everything if, if Roy Keane was, yeah. the, was the captain in, the, in those situations. And I think positionally and, and, and player-wise, it's easy to forget what a good player Keane was. He wasn't just a hatchet man, he was, he was really comf- comfortable on the ball, he was able to play short, he was able to play long, and early Keane would, would pop up with goals. Yeah. I think the other way around in terms of fitting a current City player into that United side, as Marley said before, I think that's more difficult because the pace is a lot more frantic. There's a, there is a lot more physicality, but it is a, it is a difficult one. I think I'd probably agree with Marley and Laporte because yeah. I look at Laporte and I go, he could have been a, he could have been a centre back in the eighties, yeah. in the nineties, in the noughties. You know he's in, tough, he's strong. Yeah. I think he'd I think he'd have coped perfectly well. I think in the eighties and nineties, he getting his centre midfielder. Yeah, with mm. his distribution and his passing and his control, he, he probably wouldn't have been a centre back in any He'd of. The, probably be seen as a bit too fancy, the, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, with that in mind, while it's all fresh in your head, we're going to do one of them things that everyone secretly either hates or secretly loves. So we're going to do a combined eleven. All right. Yeah. You know, we're going to oh, right, we're going to vote it between us. All right. So we'll, we'll be quick. So I'm not going to give you time to settle and think and and argue. Well, you can argue much yourselves. Peter Schmeichel or Edison. Schmeichel. Marley. Yeah, Schmeichel. Yeah, that's three. That's three for Schmeichel. We'll get Schmeichel in the in the uh, in the combined eleven. Right back, Gary Neville or Kyle Walker. Oh, Gary Neville. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Neville. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree with that. I, 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 I get why you're burying your head in your hands because for me, Neville's it gets better. Adam, you. Neville has got away with with so much in terms of his career because there was such a dearth of of really really top class right backs in the Premier League, yeah. and you know, take nothing away from him. Consistently, he was really really good, and but he was so good at just one thing, yeah. and that was just. Being solid, positionally backing up Beckham, and and I think unfortunately for Walker, the the very things that Gary uh, Gary Cahill, Gary Neville is good at, Carl Walker isn't, which yeah. is defending. Yeah, right. Uh, Centre backs, so we've got a choice. We're going to go with I'd say regularly now would say John Stones and Imeric Laporte, yeah. or Yapstam and Ronnie Johnson. You can have any two of the four. Stam and Laporte. Stam and Laporte. Yeah. Stam and Laporte. Yeah. 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 I think I'd agree with that. We're getting on. We're getting on famously yeah, here. Everyone's, right, yeah, everyone's, yeah. everyone's all sound. Right. Left back. Difficult one for City because obviously there's been a bit of chopping and changing. I'm, I'm going to say Mendy because I think if right. he was fit and he was, you know, playing and playing regularly, Mendy would be first choice. I know Zinchenko's played a fair bit. Benjamin Mendy or Dennis Irwin? It's Dennis Irwin, isn't it? <laughs> it's Irwin. Do you know what? If he's fully fit and playing and to, to his to his prime, I'd probably still go Mendy. But Dennis, <laughs> just because Dennis Irwin was. This right, is killing he, Adam. He was, but even Irwin, though he had a mint left foot, he was a great player. He though, was Irwin. a good player. Guaranteed best right-footed left back you've ever seen. But you I think. never really yeah. noticed that he was right foot. Do you know what I mean? Because he never made mistakes. He's very yep. re- rarely made mistakes. Yeah. He's guaranteed <clears throat> to be a solid performer. Never let you down. I would say Irwin personally. Mendy, 
I don't consistency. I don't know where, where so it stands. So one vote for Erwin and one you vote got, for Mendy. Yeah, I'm, I'm going for Mendy. I'm I'm going to go for Erwin. Oh, I'm afraid. Yeah, I sorry. Don't blame you for going for Erwin. I think I think yeah. I just think in terms of consistency, that's what you want from fullbacks. Of course, you want your fullbacks to yep. be silently excellent. All right, okay. So City obviously don't play a four-man midfield, so we're going to kind of rejig it a little bit, and I'm going to say right midfield for City: Kevin De Bruyne or David Beckham. Oh. What on the on the right midfield? On the right of, of a, a on the right of a four. Are you doing a four-four. Yeah, well, I think yeah. we'll you know. I think De Bruyne will be alright. I don't think it'd take him too much problems to you know just shuffle over five yards. Yeah, he'd be fine. Beckham. So what do, what do we reckon? The ninety nine Beckham was class, but I'm going De Bruyne. Marley, yeah, would you I back th- that up, or would you would you take a step back in time? I think De Bruyne is a, a higher level now than Beckham was at his peak, and even and that's saying something because for me, De Bruyne is the best number eight in the world. Mm. Yeah, bar none. Beckham was for me probably man, man of the match in ninety nine in that final as yeah. well. Yeah, he was exactly, unbelievable, wasn't yeah. he? So what are we going with? De Bruyne. Yep. Yeah, Same. I'm going to go as well. I just think Beckham's big thing in that team was that that whipped cross with Cole coming at the near post and De Bruyne's kind of revolutionised that pass now where he passes it round the corner. So it doesn't matter whether you go to the front post or you you know stand in the middle of the six-yard box, he'll find you. So I think, unfortunately for Beckham, he was incredible and, and I think gets a bad rap a lot of the time. He will be in there. Right, the big one, the important one, centre of the park. Paul Scholes, Roy Keane, Fernandinho, David Silva. You get two from four. <laughs> two from four. And they've got to be able to play together a la Stam and Laporte. So who are we going for? So you say one defensive, one attacking, really? Yeah, or, well, yeah, you know, yeah, I think yeah. I think all four of them can can use the ball, can get forward. Who who would you go for as a pairing, as a natural pairing? Answers on a postcard, come on. I'm, oh. waiting, I'm waiting for Adam. Oh, he because it sounds like I'm a United fan. Secretly, this is what this podcast does to you. It breaks you and makes you reveal your true colours. Do you want me to go first? Do you want me to go first? I, I think I think I would go for based on and, and we're gonna get so much abuse from this no matter what we say, I'd go for Keane and Silver. Because I just think Silver consistently he, he, for me, he's been the best um import into the Premier League for the last five, maybe even more years in terms of his consistency. You speak to any Manchester City fan, they love him. He's so good, he's so good on the ball, he's always wanting the ball. I know we'd say the same for Scholes, but I just think Silver's adaptability. I think as Silver's moved into his 30s, he's shown that he's able to play a little bit deeper. He's able to take a bit more of a leadership role. And one of the things that I like about Silver is people still have this perception in the Premier League. If you're not crashing into people, a la Roy Keane, you know you're not. You know you're not a you're not a top level player. You know you can't mix it. Mm. Silver, time and again, when City have needed him against United in the derby, against Liverpool in the Champions League, he's always come up with a really really important. Uh, import and and uh, yeah, I realise I'm I'm standing here and leaving out Paul Scholes, but yeah, I just think, you know I just what? think Silver is supreme. That's not and a bad part. Keen Keen behind him, I think he'd be driving that team on. And because again, we're talking about Pete Keen, he'd, he'd cover that area of the pitch and say to Silver, if you can drop in sound, if not, you go and you go and create the goals for this team. Do you know what? I'm uh, he's no Paul Scholes is an unbelievable player. Love Silver. I'm happy with that. Keen yeah, and you sure? Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. Marley, would you they, they were put a tweak first, on it? They were my first two two picks, um, and then I realised halfway through that um, I was talking rubbish. <laughs> no, the, where does Raheem Sterling fit into this team? Oh, is he going to be on? He was going to be on the other side. Yeah, I'm going to come to him in a second. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, right. yeah I mean, I'd, I'd put. I've got no qualms with putting Silver in ahead of Skulls, if I'm honest. Um, and also, you know, I. It's keen or. Rodri or Fernandinho and I just think Keane had a bit more longevity than the two of them so far like yeah. Fernandinho's been amazing um, probably the best 25 million City have ever spent yeah. pound for pound kind of thing because he's, he's been so good 
and he's so important to what City do. But yeah, Keane would if you had Keane in your team, he's one of them players who you just you wouldn't want to play against him kind of no. thing. Yeah. He just lifts everyone's level as well. That's yeah. the thing. I think and what he would demand of the, the players around Mendy him. At my left back anyway. Yeah, that's like, true, actually. Wouldn't yeah. you fucking... He'd be on Mendy game <laughs> oh, in, God. game out. Yeah, He'd be yeah. following Mendy home. He'd be sitting outside <laughs> Mendy's house in the in, in his car watching him, making sure to see what he's getting up to. Uh okay, left wing, as as Miley mentioned before, uh Raheem Sterling, I know he's not an Orthodox left winger, but you know we're gonna move him in over there. Up against Ryan Giggs now. Ni- again, well, you got to you got to cast your minds back. Nineteen ninety nine. Ryan Giggs up against current Raheem Sterling. Go, go on, Adam. We'll go with you first this time. Sterling, put the pressure Sterling. on you. Sterling, <laughs> <laughs> no. Sterling. Just because I don't think Giggs was the best player in that ninety nine team. I think there was other players who were. Uh, who was the best player in the ninety nine team? Uh, probably I left skulls out. Probably Beckham or Keane for me. Probably over across the. I don't think it was Giggs. I think obviously the Arsenal goal. Um, it, don't get me wrong, he was. They were all brilliant in that team. It was, but like I say, it was a collective. But for me, I don't know. I just I think Sterling's been unbelievable. I can't Sterling. pick any more United players. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to twist any arms. You know, we we know you. We know you're a secret fan of Ryan Giggs. Yeah. Ryan Giggs has actually created this question, and you're leaving him out of the team. I just say, <laughs> Marley, who are you going for? Uh, I'd. I'd feel uncomfortable leaving Sterling out of this just because of what he's done at such a young age as well. Like he's 24, people forget he's 24, and he's he's got like 150 odd goal contributions for Man City already, and it's just it's an unbelievable level as what he's got to. Came out of Liverpool very raw, and he's just molded now into an amazing <coughs> professional and an even better player. So I'd, I'd don't him in. It's difficult. I mean, <laughs> like, this is the thing. Like people might be listening to this thinking. <laughs> How the fuck can you leave out Giggs? Yeah, and it's like, we know they're both yeah. mint. This is why it's hard. So. It's so difficult. Are you going to say Giggs just to give it a bit more balance? I'm going to say Giggs, but yeah. I'm already outvoted, so I'm, yeah. I'm going to keep this short <laughs> and sweet. I'm going to keep Giggs for the simple fact that he's an absolutely natural left winger yeah. and he was and he was, he was was magnificent. But again, this is so hard leaving players out. Um, you know, when we talk about balance and we talk about the way players would play together, I just think if you've got De Bruyne on the other side who will inevitably tuck in a little bit, and I see what you're saying with, with Sterling and... and in terms of his output and, and his return is, is much higher than, than Giggs's and, and I imagine when you know you rack up Sterling's numbers at the end of his career in terms of goals he'll be above Giggs I'd be yeah. shocked in terms of appearances if he's above yeah. Giggs but I just think Ryan Giggs in, in that team I think of the, the games that season where United needed a bit of magic or they needed a bit of spark someone running beyond and, and Giggs was there so I know I'm already outvoted mm-hmm. but I'm going to go for Giggs okay. okay so last shout up top this probably is going to be a bit of a tough one, just like central midfield. Mm. I'm going to throw a spanner in the works because he's been left out of the City team so far. So, for United, we're going to give you six. So, you can pick two from six because United had a lot of subs and, and so did City. So, two from six in terms of performances from that uh, Manchester United squad. Andy Cole, Dwight York, Teddy Sheringham, Sergio Aguero, Gabriel Jesus, Bernardo Silva. Now, obviously, Silva's not really a natural forward but sharing wasn't really either so you can go you can you look to play someone a little bit deeper mm. we're looking to pick two from them in terms of how they'd match up where where are we going who who do we think Aguero definitely yeah. do you think he he's top of the shop yeah. in terms of those I six if, if, I think if you had to pick one striker I'd, I'd pick Aguero ahead of everyone yeah Aguero yeah. probably prob- I'll make that three out of three yeah Aguero yeah. would be my maybe, first maybe pick probably Andy Cole then again, I don't. It, that's you playing. You be playing a two there, though, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's difficult because then again, maybe because Sheringham was a bit had a bit more, bit more now. So he, he dipped well, in a, a little bit, bit. Yeah, and I think he would bring more like players into the game a little bit more. Whereas Cole was just an out and out goal scorer, wasn't he? Yeah. So I'm talking about as a two. Weird to think that I'd be picking Sheringham. I mean, only because Bernardo's a great player, but I don't think he would. 
he's not a natural forward, Plays is he really? From the right, yeah, yeah, really, kind yeah. of. I don't know. It's difficult. I don't. I, it's, <laughs> what would you reckon? So we're we're all agreed on a goal first of yeah. all. Yeah. So who who do you think the best natural partner? Come on. You got to go for I, it. I think as a partnership, Sheringham would be the best one for him because Sheringham played in a two and found a way to dovetail with anyone he played with. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. Cole, even though they, they hated each other, yeah, but they played work, bloody well together. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. probably Sheringham. So in that sense. you know, Aguero on the shoulder and Sheringham deeper. Even though I think Cole was a better striker than Sheringham, if you've got Aguero in your team, who I think is better than Cole yeah. as a poacher, you don't need Cole if you've got Aguero. You don't need two really. of them. They're gonna. Yeah, yeah. Is there an argument you made that Aguero can? Dip into the hole a little bit, and you know, as we've seen, if he if he plays in certain systems, he could do, yeah. He but, could, I, I, but you, you, you wouldn't want to sacrifice him yeah. going the other way beyond defenders. Yeah. It's no. similar with like you know someone like Harry Kane. Like, wh- why would you not have him on the shoulder, for example, of and and Shearer? Why would you drop Shearer deep? You know, what yeah, I mean? yeah. It's, it's not his strength, is it? Really, he can no. do it, but you, you you he's already better at the person that he'd be yeah. dropping behind. I think I, I think I'd go along with that sharing him, and and it's it's it's, it's as hard for me picking this as you you know. You've only just got your head out of your hands picking all these United players. Hmm. I can't stand Teddy Sheringham. <laughs> Ex-Tottenham, ex-Manchester United, always scored against Arsenal, loved scoring against Arsenal. Can't stand him, but he's got to be in the team. 100%. I think he has. I, think he has. I never in a million years thought he'd be in there. But he's there, yeah, isn't he? But I think that's I, it. I think, there we go. I think there are three better strikers in them in that list of six than Teddy Sheringham. But when you're building a team, because yeah. he's such a, a creative influence, the way you could play with the other strikers just makes him... A, maybe a better option than everyone else and that's what yeah. we've all gone for I think, yeah. so. I, I think I'd agree with that I know what you're going to hit us with now Ferguson no 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 I'm not, I'm not going to hit you with anything no 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 <laughs> <Don't> I, <ask> <laughs> <laughs> listen I'm not going to fry your brains anymore so that's it we've decided on our 11 um, the, the Twitter poll will be running all day today at the Sports Social yeah. feel free to give it a vote see if you agree with gigs see if you disagree with gigs and if you're listening to the podcast or you follow us on, on Twitter at the Sports Social Give us your suggestions for who you think would get into a combined United Manchester City eleven. We've given our we've given our uh, well kind of a uninformed, unofficial <laughs> opinion. So, so just for the record, Schmeichel, Neville, yeah, Stam, Laporte, Irwin, 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 Irwin yeah. Yeah, yeah, De Bruyne, Silver, Keane, Sterling, Aguero, Sheringham. Good team that. Yeah. That is some team. Now, not in a million years I'm going to ask you to pick the manager because, you know, no. someone will end up jumping through the window. <laughs> That's our combined Manchester United 99, current Manchester City team. Give us a follow at the Sports Social. Let us know your thoughts on Ryan Giggs's comments. Let us know your thoughts on our 11, if you think it's shite, if you think it's excellent, if you obviously agree with us or if you vehemently disagree with us and cannot believe that Paul Scholes is not in the team, feel free to give us a message and give us some abuse. That's all today from the Football Social Daily. Thanks, Marley. Thanks, Adam, for coming in. Anytime. No worries, mate. No worries. Great stuff, guys. And don't forget, you can follow us at The Sports Social on Twitter, and you can also listen to our daily Premier League podcast via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also catch up on the latest Premier League news relating to your team. Simply ask your Alexa device to enable Sports Social. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Sports Social. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.